And we are back. Welcome to a brand new episode, guys, of the Hamilton Train Podcast. I am your host, Jared Hamilton. I appreciate you being here. So uh, what's interesting is I have been trying to record a podcast episode probably 10 times in the past two days, but I don't, I don't know. Every time I went to do it, I was just like, this sucks. And I'd close it down. And you guys know me well enough. I'm not about like making things perfect and it happened to be perfect. But like you ever hear of like a music artist going into like the studio and like trying to get after it and record some stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, doesn't feel right. And it's, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. And they're like, no, I don't want to create right now. I don't want to do it like just because of the place they're in. Well, that's kind of like every time I've tried to record a podcast for like the past two days. So, um, and there was like a time, like I was like last night recording, I was like 14 minutes in and I'm like, this fucking sucks. And I just like quit. So, um, when that happens, I like to just take a break. And then, um, when I'm in a better place or feel better or feel more authentic or feel, you know, whatever you want to call it, I'll go back and record more. So here's where we're at today, because I figured you guys have been asking for this. Um, and I figured, and I don't, and this is weird for me. Like I'm, I don't like talking about myself. Um, like I love talking, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I don't like talking about myself and whatever. But um, I basically put a thing out there on Instagram about someone asked on a Q&A a few weeks ago. Um, they're like, how'd you get into this field? Like, what's your story? And I like, like in like two sentences kind of like summarized. But then I asked like, hey, do you guys, would you want to see like a full length like video or podcast on just my story? And I got like a really big ass response. So, uh, that's what we're doing. So today's episode is me talking about me. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so sit back and chill out and hopefully you'll laugh a little bit and maybe be inspired. I don't know, but either way, I'm just going to start rambling about me and I kind of have notes. You guys know, I hate taking notes and like having like a, uh, you know, a level of preparedness with this, but, um, this way it'll keep me from getting too off track. So, um, yeah. So, and if you're not really into this kind of thing, just skip and go to the next uh, the next podcast will be back to more fitnessy, you know, tactics and stuff. But, um, but otherwise we'll just get right into it because my story is kind of weird. Like, uh, I want to say some of this stuff and you guys are going to be like, Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Why that kid's so fucking weird. But, um, that's part of, part of it. And there's been a lot of ups and downs in my life and it's, you know, I don't regret any of it, even though like there's some pretty sucky times and, uh, because it's made me the man I am today and I wouldn't go back and change him. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. So basically, um, a little bit like a kind of a, for those of you who don't know who I am and here's the thing, why I even really want to do this. Um, I really appreciate your guys' support and your love and your questions and your listens and your downloads and everything you guys do to love and support me. Um, and I really feel like you should know who you're supporting you know, and to be honest, when I like, like, let's say the people that I love and support, um, and the people that I look up to when I learn more, I want I naturally want to learn more about them. Cause I naturally like am gravitated to them. Like the people that I, you know, listen to and want to, want to learn from. Um, and the more I learn about them, the more I'm like, I want to support them more. Cause I'm like secretly rooting for them. And, um, and I just think it's fair that you guys know who you're supporting. You know, if you're going to sit here and listen to me talk on a mic on the regular, you guys should, you deserve to know who I am, you know, and, you know, I'm pretty well an open book and, you know, it's one of those things where I, I feel like a lot of people are almost like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's nothing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being, you know, having some privacy, but I think a lot of people, especially in the internet world are too like secretive, you know? And, um, I don't know. I just, that's never been, never been me. Like, shoot. I mean, should I damn near get on here and tell you about my sex life? Like, <laughs> like I just don't care. And I, I, I just feel like it's almost fair to you that you know who you're listening to and loving on and supporting and things like that. So that's what we're getting into. Um, but yeah, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Jared Hamilton and, uh, fun fact, my middle name is Taylor, but it's spelled with an ER because all of the us boys in my family are a T or middle names. And my, my mom and dad won my middle name to be Taylor, but they, that's, you know, you spell Taylor with an O R. So they just changed the O for an E. So my name's Jared Taylor. But anyway, uh, I'm one of four. I've got three brother or two brothers and a little sister. Um, I, uh, I'm 28 right now. So I was a 91 baby and, uh, I've been born and raised in a small town in the Midwest over in Indiana. I'm about, you know, not too far from Indianapolis. So like I can still, you know, within 30, 40 minutes, I'm anywhere, but, 
uh, I've been born and raised here. So I'm just a, to be honest, I'm just a small town kid. Like I grew up in a, in a, in a town, um, just one of the small towns outside of, uh, of Indianapolis. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing is I was never like, you know, in the big city in, in New York and San Diego or California or, you know, any of these other areas. But, um, right now I am married to my high school sweetheart, um, Shelby, you guys see her in like my Instagram stories and I have three dogs. Um, my dogs, because I'm the biggest dog dad now, uh, Remy, Nika, and Lily. So what's funny is I actually used to not be into pets. So growing up as a little kid, um, for some reason, we went through pets like crazy. Like we may have had like 13 dogs as a kid separately. And I just never remembered, like we just got, we had to get rid of them for some reasons. And I was not sure why. And I think there was like some weird little like secret, like, uh, like in hidden inside of me, like don't want to get close to animals because I never kept them that long as a kid growing up. So I, um, so now that I have mine, like I'm the biggest, like, Oh, he's a good boy. Like get on the ground and play with my puppies and all this other stuff. And now I'm kind of a sap around dogs, dogs specifically. Um, so now, yeah, now I'm a dog dad. It's pretty great. Um, no kids, not saying kids will never happen, but no kids right now. I actually say people who have kids, uh, <laughs> have those weird dogs with no, with no hair and no tail and that walk on their back legs. So, um, yeah, right, right now my wife and I are in a place where, you know, maybe one day get kids, make kids, but you know, right now we have our specific goals and outlooks that we're trying to do. And, you know, maybe later on, but we're still both really young. So like, like I said, I'm 28 and I'm almost three years older than her. So, um, now what's interesting is when my, where my story kind of began because I was that weird, awkward homeschooled kid. Okay. And I'm about to tell you a couple stories and in no way do I mean it as a dis any disrespect to my parents because my parents had great intentions with um, us kids. But I use this as part of my story now is uh, I was a, a very, what I would call an undereducated homeschooled kid. Like by the time I started college, I could barely do algebra. You know, like I had to learn, like Shelby had to teach me what like the Holocaust was as a freaking like 17 year old Shelby had to explain to me what the Holocaust was because I'd never heard of it like that level of under education. So there's some stuff I learned really well, but there was a lot that I missed out on. And like I said, I, in, in no, um, in no way do I mean this any disrespect to my mom or dad because their intentions were pure and you guys know I'm a big intentions person, but I think it's worth saying that, you know, like because of all this, my, my growing up was a little bit rough and learning was really hard for me because I'm, you know, going into like college and I, I really don't know a lot. Like shoot, when I, by the time I got to college, like I had to drop a class every single semester because I couldn't handle it because I'd never been challenged that much. And this was at just like a low key community college. This wasn't even at like a big, huge, you know, 400 person class university. You know what I mean? So, but we'll get into that here in a minute. So, um, yeah, I was a homeschool kid. And uh, I'm the second oldest, by the way, it's my oldest brother, then me then my little brother and my little sister. But, um, yeah, I was a homeschool kid. And, um, uh, but, but what's, and what's funny is, and that's where, where my stuff started. And so I never played football. I never played basketball. I never really did a whole lot, but what I think really say like, you know, cause a lot of people, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'll be told a lot is that, um, people will be like, I, I had no, I would never have guessed you were a homeschooled kid because, um, because I can, you know, I'm more, I'm pretty outgoing. I can I make eye contact. I can shake hands and I love people and I love talking and I love, you know, doing what I do. And so a lot of people are like, I never would have guessed because a lot of homeschool kids have that stigma of like scared of the light. And a lot of people, and a lot of them are a lot of, there's a lot of, I've met over the years, like homeschool kids who like can't make eye contact. They're scared of public scenarios and they can't like make friends because they never had to. But what happened was when I was really young still, when I was, I don't know, probably 15 by this time, um, that's when I got involved in martial arts as a kid because I didn't do anything else, right? So when I'm about, let's see, I was about, yeah, I think I was about like 14 or 15 is I got involved in martial arts around the same time that I started going to the gym because I was also a really fat kid, okay? I was never... I was never, ever a lean kid. I always struggled with my weight. I was always fat. I was always chunky. My mom, I, I would remember specific conversations with my mom. I was like, Hey mom, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm fat. Like I need to fix this. And she's like, you're not fat. You're husky. <laughs> and like, like that didn't help. So, you know, growing up it, it turns out later in life, it came to serve me because now what I teach, cause I know what it's like to be, 
you know, the fat kid. I know exactly what it's like to try every diet under the sun. I know exactly what it's like to be scared to take your shirt off at the pool parties. I know what it's like to be, you know, 11 and be self-conscious about your body. And I know what it's like to just want to look good and feel good. And you have no idea how, and you're willing to just like suffer for fat loss. But, um, and you know, growing up, I was like, man, I, why, why me? Like, why did I have to be that? And I took very much a victim mentality to it, but you know, life always happens for you, not to you. Right. So they came to serve me with where I'm at now, because now it's why I can relate to you so much. You know, it's why a lot of times you watching my content or listening to my content, it almost feels like I'm talking to you. Right. And that's because I've been there. I'm talking to the 13 year old Jared. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so I was a homeschool kid and like, uh, my older brother, Adam, he, when we were, he's about 14 months older than me and he wanted to get involved in martial arts. He wanted to do like karate or taekwondo or something. And, uh, and not me just wanting to do everything that my big brother did. I'm like, okay, I'll do it too. And so, uh, my family started at uh, just a local martial arts school and that's in what happened was we started doing it and I just loved it. I was naturally pretty good at it. And, um, and it was like the only hobby right that i had because like i said i never went to like normal school i never you know played football basketball baseball like anything like that and i didn't really have any extracurricular stuff i did so when i found out i could go to the martial arts school you know three days a week and that turned into five days a week and sometimes six days a week i just went full force in it and it really became part of my identity um also along those times uh, let me take that back i did have one extracurricular thing that i did um when i was 13 I almost totally forgot this. When I was 13 years old, I started playing the drums, you know, like the whole drum set and stuff. Um, I don't even know what led me to do that. I want to say like, I would like, like drum on my fingers a lot. And my mom like just asked like, Hey, like, do you like that kind of thing? And I did. And we knew of a place, you know, about a half hour away that taught drum lessons. And I went there and um, that was like my first real niche even before the martial arts stuff. Um, I just went like whenever, like growing up, I would get into something. I would like go all, all in with it. Like you guys hear me talk about like, we're not all or nothing people. Well, as a kid, I was the epitome of an all or nothing person. And, um, so whenever I got a hold of something, I just like went a thousand percent. So like, for example, when I got into drums, I almost, this wasn't even in my notes. I totally forgot about it. So we'll press pause on the martial arts stuff. So when, uh, when I got into drums, I like really loved it and I was good at it. Like I was like, like borderline gifted when it comes to playing the drums. And, um, and so, but right out the gate, I didn't have any time teaching myself. I went straight with an instructor, a really good instructor. And I worked with him for like five years straight and I got really, 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 really good. Uh, and then I started teaching like that. That was my first, like I've kind of always been entrepreneurial and I, that was my first business. I, in my basement at my mom's house growing up, I was like 15 teaching kids how to play drums. I had like two drum sits in my bedroom or in my basement basement. And, uh, I was, you know, like 15 bucks for a half hour session with me and stuff like that. So I already started teaching, but most of my students were like kids. They were like my age or younger, like, you know, eight year olds. And I was like 15 or 16, but, um, that was my biggest thing for a long time was drums. And, uh, over the years I got really, really good at it, And that's all I poured myself, my stuff into. And I, um, met some really cool people like world renowned drummers and it was really cool. And I got some really cool networking and with those guys, um, and whatnot. And, but I played, I took, I want to say I took lessons for three years straight of drums. And then, um, I actually went through three instructors. Yeah. Three instructors over the course of eight years, like five with the one, two, and then one. And then, uh, that passion started to like fade a little bit and like life started to get, you know, I'm now I'm a, you know, uh, teenager to almost, you know, 16, 17, 18. So, and then I also was right about then I was really then falling in with the martial arts side of stuff for the, so for the longest time, um, the, my three big things were drums, the martial arts stuff. And then, uh, and around the time I started martial arts, I started getting into fitness a little bit just because I was fat and I just didn't want to be fat. So there's that. And then now into this day, I can still play drums. Like to this day, I still can go tear up a kit. Um, I don't like have my kit set up like at my house, but like I still have my big kit from when I was when I was young. Um, and the the church that Shelby and I go to, um, I like every once in a while. It's you know it's when they do the music stuff. It's kind of like a concert. It's a bigger one and stuff, and really like upbeat and whatnot. And a lot of times they'll like have they'll the thing they're short. They're if their drummer's sick, they'll ask me to fill in for them, and I'll and I'll hop back there and just tear it up. But um, which is always fun, just because I don't play as much as I used to, and I really really love playing. Um, that was the other part growing up. I was, um, 
I was in a really very, what I would call a really religious household. And, um, you know, if you guys listen to my content now, like I'm not a religious person. Like I, <laughs> I cuss like a sailor. I, you know, I have the ways my own belief systems, but I still, at the end of the day, like I'm, 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 I don't call myself a religious person. I'm a very spiritual person. Like I believe in a God. I, you know, claim to be a Christian and all that stuff. I just don't get into the religion, religion side of stuff. You know, a lot of people believe differently, which is fine. Like it's, I'm not here to like, <laughs> I'm not here to just like change you or anything like that. I'm just here to do my stuff. And if it's cool to you, cool. If it's not, it's not like, I'm not here to like, you know, hate on what you're doing or what you believe in or push my belief systems on you. That's, you know, it's just like dieting, right? Like people like push their keto on somebody. It's like, bro, stop, you know? So growing up, I, I was in a more kind of a more strict religious household, I guess, if you will, like church every single Sunday. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to even say like freaking or anything like that. You know, that's actually probably why I cuss so much now is because I wasn't allowed to like even like get anywhere close to that as a kid. So now I cuss like a sailor, but whatever. Um, and like, even at this day, my mom, you know, hates the fact that I cuss so much. So like if I'm at her house, I won't, you know, I respect her and I, you know, am you use better, better words, but you know, when it comes to online in my house, it's fucking free game. So, um, but no, like I'm still like, to be honest, I've like, I would tell, tell someone that I have a, you know, I'm stronger in my faith and my spirituality now than I've ever have been. Cause you know, there, it's one of those things and I'm not here just to like get on here and just preach to you by any means. But, um, but like I said, I'm, I, I, I hate, I hate the fact that religion, like when I was, when someone goes, Oh, I'm religious. And it gives that like ugh, connotation, like most people are, you know, and a lot of people have had bad experiences with really religious people, but that's why I tell people I'm not religious. I'm a very spiritual person though. You know, like I believe in God and, um, I believe in, you know, a higher power and I believe I was created and all this other, and I have a, and I believe I have a purpose and there's life beyond this life in the whole nine yards. But, um, but, but I don't get into religion at all. At all. Like I don't go to church every Sunday or, you know, whatever, but like I said, that's not what this episode's about. This is just kind of giving you a little bit of rundown on, you know, who the fuck I am. So, um, but yeah, so go, so going, you know, as I'm getting older, the, the homeschooled stuff and then getting into martial arts and then now in Mar when, in the whole martial art thing, um, I started in a martial art called Hapkido. It's a Korean self-defense kind of whatever, but my little brother, so my little brother is about four years younger than me and in Hapkido, you had to be like, I don't know, like, like 15 or older to do it. My little brother wanted to do the martial art thing, but he was like, you know, like nine or 10. No, wait, like 11, 11, sorry. And um, his name's Alex. And so my family started doing a different art called Taekwondo. It's another Korean art, but it, like little kids can do it versus Hapkido. You've got to be a little bit older the way the school that I was at taught. Um, well, and so like Alex started doing that and Adam and I started doing the other one. But then like, I would go to these, you know, go to watch Alex at class or, you know, like I couldn't, you know, like we would all go like one class was right after the other. So my whole family would go. And all of a sudden I see there's this really cute blonde in the front row. And I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this. So I see in Alex's class, he starts taking class and I start becoming familiar with the people in the faces and every class, there's this really cute, cute girl in the front row. And uh, this little cute blonde, and I'm like, she seems cool. And she's a black belt, though. Like, she's, like, already, like, you know, been in it for, like, three years and killing it and all this stuff. And uh, and then one thing leads to another, and I'm like, I think I want to start Taekwondo, too. So now I'm doing two martial arts. I did the Hapkido and the Taekwondo. Then I got I, got, I ended up getting my uh, black belt in Hapkido, but I'm a lower rank in, in the Taekwondo. And so now I'm in the Taekwondo class. Now I'm, like, talking to this girl. And then, but she's like, I'm a, I'm a lower rank. I'm in the back and she's all the way in the front. Cause she's been doing it for a while. And, um, but now I'm in the same class with her. Uh, right. Actually, actually they had the classes divided into beginner class and advanced class. So I would only see her in passing until we were at the combat combined class, like once a week. So I'm like every Friday, I'm like looking for this girl. I'm like, wait, she's, she's going to be here. She's going to be here. Oh, she's here. Cause she was, she would always run late. So, um, and I get really excited. And then like, we'd talk for like five or 10 minutes after class and we all had to go home and all this stuff. And then I really started like getting to know this girl. And I'm like, this girl's fucking awesome. She's cute. She's got an awesome personality and she can beat my ass. So like, <laughs> I'm like, and it, I don't know. And so, uh, and then the, uh, this girl's name happens to be Shelby. And, um, so this is, you know, now fast forward, she's my wife, but, uh, I look and I'm like, man, I, I gotta talk to this girl. And I'm like, and I, and keep in mind, 
I'm an awkward fucking homeschooled kid that's never had a girlfriend. Like the only girls I've ever hung out with are weird church girls that are like just kind of whatever. But um, <laughs> no disrespect if you're a church girl. I wouldn't mean it like that. I'm just like I was an awkward kid and I didn't know how to talk to people as well and all this stuff. And what I thought was cool wasn't cool. And I was just this awkward fat kid with, you know, what that just like this blonde. And I'm just awkward and shit. And, uh, but I'm like getting to know her. I'm like really starting to like her. I'm like, she's cool as hell. And then all of a sudden she seems, I don't know. She seems to like, like me back. I don't know yet, but like she's choosing to have conversation with me. So I'm like, dope. I'll just keep talking. And one thing led to another, then like me being the awkward kid, I'm like, you want to come to church with me? And then like, she started coming to church with me and then all this stuff. And we started really becoming friends, but keep in mind, she's fucking 13 and I'm almost 16. Okay. That's a little bit of a awkward age gap where like, I got to keep my distance still. So we were just buddies who like to hang out and then she's 14 and now I'm almost 17. And and it's like, as we get older, the age gap gets better. <laughs> it's less weird but um so i kept my distance for a while and uh but then like we're you know we're taking class together and then uh i tell people uh i i kicked my shelby in the face and that's what then it was all over from there because now uh, before we started really becoming friends or when we're just like at that flirty like <laughs> awkward stage uh we were sparring and i'm like oh shit Shelby's my partner. Fuck. I've got to show off. I've got to impress her. So I did like those really cool, like what you see in the movies, those jump up, spinny round twirly kicks. And I'm like, Oh, I've got, I'm going to got to show off. And I did it. And I jumped up, spun around and I put it right on the button. I kicked Shelby right in the fucking face. Like, thankfully she had a mouthpiece and a mouth guard. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, I always tell people like, I just knock some sense loose and then she married me. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's what happened. Like, uh, that's where I met Shelby. Um, but now here's the cool thing. But then I ended up then becoming a more advanced student. I ended up getting my black belt in Taekwondo. And now, so now I've got two black belts and like, I'm at the school almost every day, the martial arts school almost every day. Now Shelby and I are starting to hang out, um, being real awkward and shit. And, and then that's, then I, that's, you know, moving forward a little bit. That's my first job that like my first actual like job was, uh, was I worked at the martial arts school. The guy that owns the place was like, Hey, do you want a job? I need an assistant instructor. Um, this or the assistant instructor job is open right now. And I would like to hire you. So I'm like, uh, fuck yeah, let's do it. So, uh, so I got a job at the martial arts school. So now I am there five days a week for class. Now I work there and now the girl that I like is there. So I'm trying to spend as much time as I can there. So, um, so that's where that's at now. And I, um, and so that now what happens is from a, to give you kind of perspective now that I'm an instructor or I'm helping teach classes, I'm doing everything from private one-on-one -on -one sessions with eight year olds, 10 years old, 20 year olds, 50, 80 or 60 years old. Then I'm also leading class for like, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, or maybe not 60, maybe 30 people max. I don't know, but I'm getting really comfortable in front of people. I'm getting really comfortable like teaching and I guess it's kind of fitnessy, but um, I'm, you know, teaching and I've got to, you know, teach people why, what, how with a martial arts stuff. Now, if you remember, I told you I started teaching drum lessons back with when, uh, when I was taking drums all the time. So like I I'm starting to figure out, I like teaching and I love coaching people and I love people. Um, kind of, you guys kind of see where this is starting to go. And, and I just love helping people. Like that's been a commonality through this whole thing is people want to learn drums. I help them by teaching them drums people I had the martial arts school they wanted to go through the ranks and learn to defend themselves and get health healthier and all this stuff and I would coach and help them and do so um and now let's fast forward to like 18 now um sorry my allergies a little bit nuts so now fast forward to 18 now I'm about to graduate homeschool well, I know that sounds weird um but keep in mind though I'm I'm still not sure about stuff I don't you know I don't know a whole lot. So I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew, grew up. I had no idea. Like I, I, to be honest, I thought I was going to be a physical therapist until I found out what all they had to know. So, because mind you, this whole time getting into the martial arts stuff, um, I was pretty fascinated with how to, um, the body worked. Like the fact that if you, you know, turned your hips, turned your foot, you could kick harder and things like that. And understanding how the body works with biomechanics, that was fascinating to me. So keep that in mind. Now, right around the same time from let's say 15 to 18. Um, that's when I was getting into the gym, but I would get, I was one of those, I was, you want to talk about gym intimidation. I was so scared to go to the gym. I didn't, I went, I ordered like P 
P90X or those at-home DVDs things. So because I'm like, okay, maybe if I can be consistent with this, then I can be consistent with the gym. So I did like P90X as a kid and I got some like, not like the results that they show on the TV, but I, I started to, to, you know, lose some weight and get stronger and look a little bit better. And, um, and I'm like, okay, I think I want to go to a gym now. Cause I think I did the P90X thing like two or three times in a row. Um, the whole pro the program. And I'm like, all right, I think I want to go to a gym. So I went to the gym, the local gym, um, just the mom and pop uh, locally owned gym in my town. And, um, but I had no idea what to do. And I was scared shitless. I walked in there and the fucking giant ass bodybuilder is at the front desk, you know, ringing me up and signing me up. Like he like stopped in the middle of his set to come, like he was working the front desk, but also in the middle of a chest workout. So this, this giant human in like a stringer, like what you see, like Arnold wore back in the day, uh, stopped in the middle of his workout, came up to the front desk and signed me up. And I'm like, okay, this is awkward. This guy's like eight times the size of me. I stopped his workout, whatever. And, uh, everyone was pretty cool though. Like there wasn't any like too big of, you know, meatheads that made me feel like a piece of shit, but I was still intimidated. I'd never really been in the gym outside of like a, like a YMCA. Cause I, I worked, you know, I don't know. So I, I would kind of play around with the different gyms in, in this, in my, my town. And, uh, I didn't like the, the why, and I, I don't know, I wanted to try this mom and pop place cause I heard good things about it, but I still had no idea what to do. I was afraid people were going to look at me they, I thought they were going to be like, what's this fat kid doing? He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. So what I did, I, I basically took my P90X booklet. So like when you did, when I did it, like I bought the P90X kit, um, you know, you get the DVDs, but you get like a booklet with everything in it. And, uh, I took the booklet to the gym, but I was so embarrassed and so scared of what everyone would think I covered the book with duct tape. Like I like tried to make it look like a note, a duct tape notebook. So I covered duct tape on the front and the back. So no one would see it was a P90X book. Cause I was embarrassed. So I would just start subbing exercises. So instead of pushups, I would do a bench press instead of, uh, banded lateral raises. I would do dumbbell lateral raises instead of doing a, you know, uh, a band row, I would do a dumbbell row. So I guess just kept subbing, substituting different exercises down. And I started to kind of get the hang of it. I kind of, uh, with that, I essentially started to teach myself stuff. And now this whole way, this through this whole time I was making friends. I was, you know, any person who was bigger than me, I was like, Ooh, this guy must know what he's talking about. Cause he's huge. So that's when I started to believe a lot of the fitness bullshit I talk about against. I thought I had to eat six times a day. I thought I had to have, you know, you know, a dozen eggs every day. I started to like really act like an old school bodybuilder, you know, eat a dozen eggs a day, meal prep every meal, cheat meal, have to take hundreds of dollars worth of supplements. And I, and I dove into that. So now I've got three things going. I'm doing drums, I'm doing martial arts, and I'm thinking I'm a bodybuilder. And then I started throughout all that. I started, you know, working out with different guys and I started to get bigger. I started to get stronger. Uh, I was still pretty chunky, but now at least, you know, I looked better. Cause like, instead of just being skinny and fat, I was pretty like, you know, you know, bulky and fat where like I benched and I, you know, did pull-ups and all this other stuff. So, um, now, now, you know, we're around 18. So now I'm starting, you know, school and I thought I was going to be a physical therapist because I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. I have no idea what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, um, and by this time I wasn't like super like driven and more is entrepreneurial and more get on my own as I am right now. I thought I needed to go work for someone and get a job. I, I bought into the whole go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, graduate college and be, have a secure life. And I, that's why I thought, um, the stuff that we're always taught. So I started school and it wasn't, like I said, a big university. This was a community college. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a legit college. Like I got, you know, but that's like, to be honest, that's all, all the degree I have. I have my, my one degree I got from the community college because I, I, I found out how much uh, the schooling in my area can be a joke to a certain extent. And, uh, and I, you know, didn't want to continue on. So I basically, um, so I basically did that, um, started in school. I thought I was going to be a, a physical therapist, right? So I, I but I, I didn't love it. I wasn't passionate about it. I'm like, fitness is kind of cool. Learning about biomechanics from the martial arts stuff and between martial arts and working out, I'm like, oh, okay. The wrist works this way. The elbow works this way. Oh, the shoulder works this way and not this way. And like, oh, here's kind of how you grow muscle and all this kind of stuff. So that's, that's where my interests were. And so I learned there's this kinesiology thing. So I I hopped in this kinesiology program because it's the study of human motion and it's just the baby steps to starting physical therapy. So studying exercise science under the kinesiology umbrella. And I started doing that and I started going to class and I started doing all this stuff. And man, was I in for some hell because again, from me not being homeschooled as well, um, 
I missed out a lot. Like I'm telling you, I lived in the tutoring center and it took me four fucking years to get an associate's degree. Like that's it. It literally took me four years of struggling to get an associate's degree because I was so ill-prepared and I had to drop a, I had to drop a class every single semester because I couldn't handle it. So I could barely handle three classes. Like that's how, that's how um, hard I had, how, how much I struggled. So, but then I finally did it. Apparently I'm the first one at this, this, uh, this community college to complete their kinesiology program, I guess, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, but if you know anything about the kinesiology, about kinesiology, uh, uh, one degree just sets you up for the next and that just sets you up for the next. And you can't do really any cool shit with it until you get way along further along down the chain. Well, um, I, I found out I, uh, cause I've, I thought I was wanting, wanting to be a physical therapist, but I wasn't like passionate about it. I was just like, I guess like it's the, I guess I can make okay money and have a somewhat secure job. I don't know. Like, but like just me tell, saying it like that, like I'm not passionate about that. I'm not fired up about that. I'm not excited about it, but I'm like, I guess this is what I, I, cause I was under the impression you have to settle in life. I was under the impression that you had to, uh, you know, get what was most tolerable to be successful. Uh, if I knew what I know now, like that's why I'm super thankful the people that I got around at a, at a young age around college time. And, uh, it changed my life. I'll get into that here in a minute, but, um, yeah, so I, I did that, but then one of my classes changed everything for me. There was a class. I remember the code. It was hyper two sixteen current concepts in physical fitness. And it was one of my prereqs for my, my degree. And it was basically a personal trainer class. It was basically a personal trainer prep class. The big organization, National Academy of Sports Medicine, uh, NASM, it was their curriculum. And it basically prepped you from like a 16 week college course side of things to be a personal trainer. And I'm like, dope, this seems cool. And they, we had like classroom time. We had practicals where we had to go to the gym and like play trainer and client with our, our classmates and you know, this whole thing. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like learning about program design and how to be a, a coach and training people and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is fucking money. Like I, I, I really like this. And then because I took the class, I had the opportunity to get certified to be a trainer through NASM. And I did. And, um, and now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I can start. This is my job. Now, like I, I started personal training as a side hustle because I'm like, it's kind of like physical therapy, but I can make okay money, but I can schedule all my clients between classes. Cause at that time, all I, my, my number one focus was, was school. So I'm like, I guess I can start this personal trainer thing. And I just schedule all my clients between classes. So because also, mind you, to make money, I was part-time working at that martial arts school. But then uh, I can't remember that. I can't remember when that ended because I something happened or I or like I had to like I ended up resigning, like scheduling conflicts or something. I ended up resigning and not working there anymore. Um, but I also um, but at some point along this line, because I needed to make more money, I became a pizza delivery driver and I worked at a GNC. So your stereotypical, hey, what's up? My name's Chad. What brings you into GNC today? Like I was that guy. I sold fat burners and uh, told people that they needed to take this, this, and this, and all this stuff because um, I didn't know any better. That's what I thought. So, um, so at one time I was a pizza delivery driver working at GNC and a personal trainer. So you want to talk about some interesting dynamics? So, um, and uh, basically. Uh, and I actually would pick up like clients at GNC. I would be working actually one of my, my first personal training client who was actually a very, very dedicated client came from buying supplements from me at GNC and I would just keep cards on me and I wasn't supposed to, and I kept my cards on me and would like hand them out to, to customers. Well, um, but at this time while I was in school, uh, I got a job at two other gyms. So now, so not only am I working at a pizza delivery driver, as a pizza delivery driver, I'm working at a GNC. Now I also work at three gyms because in the world of personal training, starting out, it's not like you're guaranteed hours. It's, you know, based on your clients. So like I would have a handful of clients at one gym, a couple clients at another gym and a couple clients at another gym. I worked at the university gym, the big uh, Indiana universities, one of their, their gyms. I worked at there. I worked at a giant YMCA with like 14,000 members. And then I also had that, that, that gym that I started at that I was scared of. Um, now I'm a trainer there that in that mom and pop gym, there was, they didn't have any trainers. It was just a little small hometown gym and they did not have any trainers. And I got to know the boss or the owner. And I'm like, Hey, I just got my certification. Can I like train people? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Go for it. Cause you know, it just made him, his business better. So that's what I started doing. So 
um, now since I'm working at these big, a couple big box gyms and, uh, between the, the small, the, the local gym, uh, I'm really starting to get the hang of this personal training thing. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And I really fell in love with it. And I, um, but then like the cool thing with working at these big box gyms is they would feed me clients. Like every week I had new inquiries. I'm like, here's a client, here's a client, here's a client. So, um, I got really good. You know, it's just, you know, getting good at anything is just hour, like thousands of hours beating on your craft. It's one of those things is I worked with every population out there, kids, adults, cancer patients, uh, shoulder replacements, hip replacements, a lot. Well, I worked at a YMCA. Um, so I had a lot of older clients and, uh, I got really good at it and I worked at the university gym. So I had some younger college kids clients. So I had demographics all over the place. And so I got really good at this. So I did that for a couple of years and, um, and then things started to finally take off at the mom and pop gym that didn't have very many members. And I just started to do that there. And it got to the point where I had to take a leap of faith and let go of, uh, the, 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 the bigger gyms because I wanted to pursue my independent personal training because the best way to help people make more money and have a more scalable business is to do independent personal training where like I pay the gym rent and I'm responsible for everything versus just, you know, being hourly staff at a YMCA. So um, after, you know, three or four, I don't know, two, three, four years or whatever it was at the big box gyms, I basically resigned and I pursued wholeheartedly my one-on-one personal training. And around then, actually, I, I think I quit the pizza delivery driver job too. Um, and I can't remember, I may have quit GNC yet. I don't know. But like, I was scared shitless because I'm like, what if I fail? Like, what if I don't, clients don't come? What if I don't make something of myself? Um, like I'm just like, and I took a massive leap of faith and said, you know what? I'm going to do this. Failure is not an option. And I bit the bullet and I did it and I've never looked back since. And, uh, from that moment forward, things just took off for me. Um, I was very thankful and very grateful for it. But, um, then I kind of started to be, to become the, uh, the, the, the local guy. I started like really like becoming, like I lived at the gym. I want to talk about when I'm, I'm talking about when I started personal training on my own, um, I really started to to go nuts. I like I was at the gym at the height of my in-person career. I was training like 200 sessions a month. Like I, you know, I was training, you know, 40, 50 sessions a week at the gym at 4:30 a.m., leaving at 8 or 9 p.m. and all this stuff. Um, and then along uh, around that time, I started, you know, when I was about 23, I really started diving into personal development and started meeting some massively successful people. I kind of got talked into like I used to be a big uh, back in the day. It's uh, a big MLM guy. Like those, like I got, I got tied because I was doing the, the fitness thing. Uh, a buddy of mine that I went to school with got me involved in one of those like uh, multi-level marketing things, but it was like a supplement company. So I'm like, Oh, this is dope. And I get someone who gets someone, all that stuff. And yeah, I was, I was that guy. So, um, and don't get me wrong. I believed in the product. Like, you know, at least I believed in it. Right. But, um, but even though that obviously did not last, I'm so thankful for it because around that time I dove into personal development. I started reading, I started meeting really successful people. Cause again, I told you, I thought I had to settle in life. I thought I had to find a job that I just tolerated and I made, you know, enough money. I survived. And I thought that was considered a good life. And, uh, so, but then I met these people who are like astronomically successful, who traveled the world and made all sorts of money. And I'm like, Oh, like the first time I met somebody who made like $50,000 in a month, I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I would be happy to make 50 grand a year. And I'm like, this motherfucker made 50 grand this month. And I've never like that, that changed my life forever. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's a possibility. Well, he's dumb. Like I'm, I'm just as smart as he is. There's no reason I can't make that kind of money. There's no reason I can't do that. And it opened my eyes to what's out there. You know, even though obviously I don't, not, I haven't been with that company in forever and like that never worked out, but I'm super thankful for that because it, it opened my eyes to what I'm capable of. And, you know, like, re- and that's what really dove me into really chasing your dreams and going after what you want and do not settle, take risks, don't settle. But we only, but a mentor of mine back then told me like, Hey Jared, look and write you can write this one down. He said, we only get in life. We only get what we don't get what we want. We get what we are. So if you want more, you have to become more. So right about then, about then I started diving into personal development. I started reading books and going to seminars and started really diving in and investing in myself and my life never, never went back. It, it's, it kept changing and changing and changing. So, um, in, in, but with all of that being said, learning about personal development and like really getting a fire under me for like chasing my dreams and all these crazy goals I have with 
mixed with the fitness and personal training stuff, uh, I found out like, I'm going to change the fucking world. I'm like, this is, uh, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. And right around then is when I really just, I'm like, holy shit, I'm capable of some really crazy stuff. And that's when, uh, you know, I, I started to like, man, I want to become like, I want to have a global business. I want to have, I don't want to just be the the local guy. Cause I did that. I became the local guy. Like to this day, like I can't go to the store without being stopped a dozen times or which I'm thankful for. But like, I'm, I'm like locally, like in my city, I'm like the guy for fitness and the guy that does all this stuff. And then, uh, and that's around then. And when I'm like, Oh, this is what I want to be like big time. I want to like have a global business. I have clients all over the world. And I want to like, I started seeing what I'm capable of and I started believing it. And so I'm like, okay. And then my business started to grow and things started to go really well. And then I started to post content online. I started to like take the fitnessy stuff like form videos and fat loss tips. And I started to make videos and content online. And I met a few other really cool influential people that are kind of mentors of mine to this day. And I started to kind of go nuts online. That's when my Instagram following started to grow. And I started to like talk about coaching. And that was again at the height of my in-person training career. So like I couldn't take on more clients. You know, I even raised my rates and I still like was getting too many inquiries. So I'm like, ah, this online coaching thing seems cool. I'm like, wait, with in-person training, I'm capped at the amount of money I can make. I'm capped at the amount of people I can help. And I don't see my family. Cause again, I'd go into the gym at four 30 in the morning and there's nights I'd get home at nine, nine or 10 or sometimes even 11 o'clock at night. And Shelby has been nothing but supportive and the most amazing wife throughout this whole thing. And, um, uh, and we, we got married about, uh, I think I was 23. I think I was 23 when we got married and, uh, we've been married, you know, uh, what, five years, almost six years now. So, um, to just kind of talk about that a little bit, but, um, so when it comes to this stuff, I, um, I'm like, okay, this is really cool. And I'm like, I'm starting to get traction online. My following's growing and people are DMing me and messaging me. And I'm like, Oh, and I got a really good mentor, uh, online that really started to teach me how to, how to build a business online and how to scale online coaching and really start helping a lot of fucking people and, uh, basically take a really good in-person training business and build an amazing online training business. And that's what I've been, had been doing. And I'm like, this is really cool. And so, um, I'm just looking at my notes and then that's, you know, I started doing online coaching and then I really took that off and, you know, been doing that for a while. And I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So now to this day, I don't even, I don't hardly do anything with in-person training, you know, like fast forward to like 2020 right now. Um, actually what's funny, I don't talk about it much. I still have a couple in-person coaching clients or in-person training clients that have been like OG clients for when I like years. Um, but I don't take on any in-persons. Like I have a guy that works for me that if anyone wants to work with me in person, they work with my right-hand guy, Grant, um, that you guys may have seen on some of my content, but, but otherwise I don't even like take on any in-person coaching clients anymore, like at all, like it's not even on the table. So now where I'm at is, uh, everything's online. So now I, all I do every day is online coaching. So I create content videos, uh, podcasts like this, the whole nine yards. And then I have my uh, own personal, uh, clients. I have my online coaching clients that work with me more exclusively, but then I have my, uh, my tribe, which is basically my, um, my, my, if you guys don't know what my tribe is, it's basically a giant, uh, group and community, the community that I coach as a whole. Cause what happened was more story time. Uh, I, with my, with my one-on-one online coaching, because it's not scalable and how intense it is and how individualized it is, it's a little bit more expensive and like people have to apply for it. You have to jump through some hoops and uh, I have to accept you and like, and it's, a, and it's more expensive just because of it's not scalable and I'm working one-on-one at an individualized tailored level. But I wanted to have an option that I could help as many people as possible without having to charge very much money. And I wanted to come out with that because that's the thing with online coaching. I hated the barrier to entry was price and, uh, and, and, uh, scalability. Like if I'm full, I can't take on new clients. If a thousand people said, Jared, I want to work with you. I physically couldn't. So from a business side, that's money left on the table, but from like a helping people side, that's a lot of fucking people that's not being helped. And that's when I came out with my tribe, whereas I only charge $10 a month for my tribe. And, uh, but I built this platform where from a community side, from a workout side, from a leading side, I can still help legitimately anybody from around the globe who is coachable and wants help. And it's only $10. 
you know, so, and I, and I built that. Um, and that's really what I push. Um, those are two, the only things that I really push and sell, so to speak. Um, and that's what this, this podcast isn't about, you know, pushing that. It's just part of the story. Um, but now, now one of my big focuses is continue building online, but now I'm really trying to get more into, um, do a lot with public speaking. Cause I found out through things like the podcast and, uh, people I've had companies, you know, bring me into their gym or their office and, uh, do speaking engagements. And I'm like, Holy fucking shit. This is amazing. Like I love getting a mic in my hand or a video in front of me and throwing down. Uh, I just love it. You know, uh, I just, I just really, really like it. So that was the, that's the other thing that I've been doing more lately is uh, public speaking where now I do online coaching. Like people say, what Jared, what do you do for a living? And, and I say, I'm an online fitness coach and public speaker because that's what, those are the two big things that, that my focus is in like even this and mark my words now, um, here in the next few years, you guys are going to see some pretty crazy stuff in the public speaking world. Um, I got some of my, like, and it hasn't happened yet. I'm just saying this from like, you could now this, I'm saying this right now. So, you know, here in a few years, you can go back and look and like, Holy shit. I remembered that conversation is, uh, uh some of my goals are, I want to get on stage on a stage of like, you know, 50,000 people. I want to get on, I, I want to like get on stage and like throw down at these massive events and, you know, keynote speaking and all this stuff. And like, and it's going to, I know it's going to happen and I know I'm going to do it. Um, and it hasn't happened yet. Like I haven't hopped on a stage in front of 50,000, but, um, that's a massive goal of mine. So if, if any of you listening have that capability, like you could set that up, hit me up, we'll talk. Um, but I also want to, you know, from a documenting side that, uh, you know, like I'm making this and that hasn't happened yet versus like here in three years, you know, if you're still listening to the podcast, you're like, holy shit. I remember when Jared said he was going to do that and he did it. Holy fuck. Um, just kind of being a little bit cheesy, but that's, that's, uh, I just want to say that. So, um, but no, that's kind of my story. Like, I know this is a big, long episode. Like I'm on like almost 50 minutes in, but, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm just so thankful over the years that these, these, what felt like setbacks were just, you know, pulling me back to propel me forward moments. You know, a mentor of mine told me that, or he has said that, uh, you know, Jared, or he didn't say it to me. It was a video of his, he was saying life always happens for us, not to us. I think Tony Robbins actually was the first to say that, but, um, but it's, it's one of those things where life is always happening for us, not to us. You know, if like I wasn't an undereducated homeschool kid, I wouldn't have struggled so much. And if I wouldn't have struggled so much, I wouldn't have, you know, done X, Y, and Z. You know, if I, if I wasn't that struggling homeschool kid, I never would have got a job at a martial arts school. And if I wasn't for that martial arts school, I never would have found out my love for teaching and coaching. And I never would have found the, the fucking woman of my dreams and married Shelby. Fun fact, well, now you guys know I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm back at that martial arts school. And now I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a hobby at that same martial arts school. And it's uh, almost 10 years later. It's just crazy how the whole thing spins out. Um, yeah. But that's the thing, guys, is that's why I really appreciate you and everything that you do and that, you know, the support and love that you give me. And that's why I wanted to share this with you to like give you full context of like, you're not just supporting, you know, an average trainer. You're supporting, you know, me. You're supporting, you know, a small town kid that just has these massive goals and massive dreams that I, and I want to, and my goal is to not only provide for my family and give them the life that they want, but like, I really feel like these things of what I've been put on this earth to do. So the fact that you're listening and supporting, and a lot of you guys have popped on board to be tribe members or clients, and you're just like, or even just secretly rooting for me, I'm I'm like astronomically grateful for that. Um, you know, like I, I I almost get emotional talking about it because like it means that much to me because I truly believe our passions and our goals are not put in us by accident. Like getting back to that whole spiritual side, I believe you know, like our creator put us, put these, these passions and drivers in us for reasons. And that's why I think it's important for us as we chase our potential and who we could be to really dive into those. And that's why, um, I feel like that's why I'm here. You know, I feel like I'm here to be legitimately one of the world's greatest coaches and speakers that's going to connect and change millions of people's lives. And even though it's like in the grand scheme of things, I'm like on a smaller scale of that, you know, like right now I'm not doing you know, events every month or events every day or, you know, all this crazy stuff. But, um, and I'm not trying to front and make it, I don't want to front and, you know, leave you, you know, let you think that that that's the case. But, um, I just know with the goals and the passions that I have and the fact that you support it means a ton to me. Cause like I said, it's not just, you know, supporting some random, random ass dude that just wants to make some money. It, this is a, 
you know, more of a life's purpose thing. And I can't thank you enough for the love and support that you give, um, and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, that's really, um, that's really kind of my story. I really don't know kind of what else to say at this point, but that's kind of where, where it started. But I guess my only thing for you would be, you know, if you have these goals and dreams and passions inside you, I'm telling you, you should go for them. Cause like my biggest fear is, um, isn't failure. My biggest fear is, uh, regret and, you know, coming to find out when the day that I die, coming to find out I could have done a lot more than what I, what I did. Like I would hate to, you know, like if I die and and God says, Hey dude, here's where you, here's what you could have been. Here's who I made you to be. This is what you could have done and been capable of. And I go, Oh shit, I could have done that. Like, that's what I fear the most. Like, fuck, I don't care if I get on stage and stumble and stutter and like all this other stuff, or, you know, I have a bad piece of content that doesn't go well. Like my biggest fear is like not living up to who I could have been. You know, if I could like, that's, that's what scares me the most is like, I can't imagine like if I wasn't introduced to the, to these ideas that like, you know, becoming, uh, having a global business and helping millions and thousands or thousands and thousands or millions of people and, you know, being on stage and doing these events and doing all this stuff. Like if I never was aware of that, like I couldn't imagine dying and figure finding out, like I could have done that, you know? So that's why when it comes to this stuff, like go after what it is you want. Like, I'm not trying to sound like cheesy or corny, but I'm saying like, go after what the fuck you want. And like, you know, don't take any, any, any settling. Cause like, I used to think like, to be honest, I used to think that we had to settle. I used to think that we had to, um, you know, like get a job that made us like not die essentially. Like there's a difference between living and just not dying. Right. I thought we had to settle. I thought that, you know, life wasn't there, that like thriving wasn't, was only meant for a few people. Like not everyone was meant to like be unbelievably happy with their life. And, you know, all this stuff, but we all have the capability to, to have this insane life, but it takes a lot of work, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of my story. So, um, yeah, that's me. I'd love to hear yours. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you got, if you listen to this episode and got anything out of it, I'd love to know. Um, you know, if not, no big deal, but, um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Like it means a lot that you literally sat here for almost an hour and listened to me just ramble about (laughs) my life. So, Uh, yeah, means a ton. I appreciate it. I love you. I'll talk to you later.